My name is Katie Bryden, and I am from Best Buddies International, and you are listening to Special Chronicles Podcast, giving respect and a voice to people with special needs. This is Special Chronicles, giving respect and a voice to people with special needs. This episode 173 is supported by listeners like you. Coming up on this week's show, we're joined by Katie Bryden, Director of Programs at Best Buddies International. Part 1 of our conversation on the Best Buddies mission of friendship, inclusion, and fun is coming up next. I shudder thinking how the world can be so You're listening to the Special Chronicles Podcast. This is a show where we're podcasting disability or disability stories from an insider's perspective. We are giving a voice to people with special needs. Well, everybody, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to Special Chronicles Podcast Show. Right here on SpecialChronicles.com. <coughs> and I'm so glad uh, to be back here with you. For another week, another exciting episode uh, of the um, Special Chronicles podcast or the show that you listen to right now. If you do not know me, my name is Daniel, and I am uh, the host and uh, founder of Special Chronicles, <laughs> which we are a pioneer nonprofit new media company giving respect and a voice to people with special needs. If you do not know me, my brief bio is that I was born three and a third month premature. I was diagnosed with learning disabilities and a severe language disorder. And in addition to being the founder of Special Chronicles, I also am an athlete and global messenger or speaker with, with uh, Special Olympics Illinois. So that's the brief bio, but if you want to read the full bio and read more about me, you can go on to specialchronicles.com and underneath the About tab, you can find my bio there. Or just look in the show notes for this week's episode 173. That's 173. And in the show notes, you can click on my name there. And that will take you to my bio. <coughs> where you can read more. And also find out how you can connect with me and learn more about what I'm doing off, offline. Off air. Off air. <coughs> and so, so, so today, as I said, we're so excited to bring you an exciting interview with Kitty Bryden, who's the director of programs at Best Buddies International. We're going to learn um, a lot about the Buzz, Buzz Buddies mission of friendship, in- inclusion, and fun, and uh, their um, one-to-one friendships, integrated employment, and leadership development. <coughs> and um, stay tuned because next next week we will bring we will bring you part two next week. So stay tuned for <coughs> that. And, and on that note, we'll um, go ahead and kick the show off with uh, hearing a uh, a brief. PSA for Bus Buddies, and then we'll move right into the interview. So enjoy, I, I hope you guys will enjoy learning a little bit more about Bus Buddies, and if you if you have not done so already, and you are not involved with um, Bus Buddies, then you go ahead and do so. So we'll be right back with our conversation with Katie from Bus Buddies International. Hi, I'm Tom Brady. Think about your best buddy, that friend you can always count on who likes you just the way you are. Well, not everyone has a best buddy, 
That's why there's Best Buddies, the nonprofit that provides friendships and jobs to people with intellectual disabilities. At Best Buddies, we see people with intellectual disabilities the same way we see everyone else, as classmates, coworkers, as teammates, as friends. To find out how you can join the Best Buddies team, visit bestbuddies.org or call 1-800-89-BUDDIES. Joining us today on the Special Chronicles podcast show is Katie Bryden, uh, who is the Director of Programs for Best Buddies International. Welcome to Special Chronicles, Katie. Thanks for having me, Daniel. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. So let's um, begin with, um, before we get into talking about Best Buddies, give our listeners a brief introduction about yourself and 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 um, um, how you came to um, work at, at, at Bus Buddies. Sure. Well, um, uh, this fall will actually be my 10th year with the Best Buddies program working here, which is hard to believe. <laughs> you can't be that old. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> started working in our field offices in Los Angeles, working directly on the ground um, in, in our schools in Long Beach, facilitating friendships, as is our mission in the special education programs in Southern California. And then I moved to the East Coast um, and have been working in our Washington, D.C. headquarters. Our headquarters are based in Miami, but we have an office in Washington, D.C. that I've been Working out of as our deputy director of program, we have moved up to our director of programs last year, um, really overseeing the training and curriculum development and support of our um, programs at a national level for about the past eight years now I've been doing this. So in this direct role, on this direct team rather. So um, I, uh, I have two little babies that are really adorable, a little boy and a little girl, and uh, they're the best. And uh, I met my husband through Best Buddies, so I have a real affinity on every level <laughs> for the Best Buddies program. Neat. So um, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure a lot of our listeners know about uh, Best Buddies. Um, back um, a long time ago, when I was in high school, uh, I was involved with all um, with our local um, Best Buddies um, program. Um, though, um, so, um, but um, for those listeners who may not know that much about Bus Buddies or may not know, or those listeners who may know about Bus Buddies but, but might not know exactly how it got started, can you share with us a little bit about, um, about, about that backstory of, of how the yeah. whole Bus Buddies um, organization and um, uh, 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 movement got, got started? Of course. It is um, surprising this organization's only been around actually for 27 years. And in that amount of time, a great deal has been done by the organization in many different pillars. Our mission is to um, create, it's the mission statement is to establish a global volunteer movement that creates opportunities for one-to-one friendships, integrated employment, and leadership development for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what that really means, uh, what that really looks like, is that we foster friendships between people with and without disabilities in their classrooms, really fostering that social experience for students, like you said, at the high school level. We actually have programs in elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, and colleges. Um, We offer adult service programs where we match people in the community with their peers um, without disabilities, and we foster friendships in different corporations. As well, um, we also offer 
leadership development for people with and without disabilities, public advocate or public speaking and self-advocacy. Um, we provide programs in schools that don't have special education programs, students that might not have the opportunity to interact with someone with a disability. We have a promoters program um, that provides the opportunity for those students to get involved in the disability rights movement, to um, join our movement, to um and partner with different organizations to learn more about promoting the abilities of in a one-to-one email friendship and, and email once a week. Um, and then supported employment um, and providing, finding um, integrated employment for people with disabilities, providing job support for that. So this all started... Um, by was started by Anthony Kennedy Shriver when he was a student at Georgetown University in uh, the late 80s. Um, he really saw a need for his peers with disabilities to be able to socialize, and he saw that a lot of his college um, students in his classes didn't have any experience with anyone with a disability. So he started making one-to-one friendships, which is really the core of our mission. Um, and then in 1989, it became an incorporated 501c3. And from there has grown to our eight formal programs in 1993, starting with our adult program, our citizen program, um, in 1994, adding the our jobs program, in 1995, growing into our, our high schools, um, in 1996, joining our middle schools, in 1999, is our eBuddies program, uh, the online program I was talking about. Yeah. Um, in 2011, we formalized our ambassadors program, which is educating people with and without disabilities how to advocate and, and speak publicly yeah. about the abilities of people with differing abilities. And then in 2012, our promoters program started, which is the program, like I said earlier, that offers um, opportunities to students to join our disability rights movement that might not have an opportunity otherwise to interact with people with disabilities. And right now we have 23 active offices um, in the country, or we're in 23 states. 23 of our states have offices, but we're in, we have active programs in all 50 states and in 50 countries worldwide, we have um, almost 2,000 school chapters. Um, and then we we say that we have, well, we do, we have 99,715 total participants, but we impact um, almost, we impact 900, this number is so big, 997,150 people worldwide. <laughs> Wide. So after is over a thousand high school chapters, four hundred middle school chapters. So we have, like I said, in the past twenty-seven years, a huge, expansive reach yeah. of our different programs. Neat. Uh, so, is is um, 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 Anthony Shivo um, still uh, uh, as um, he's the one that um, started um, um, Bus Buddies? Is he still involved um, with the organization today, or? Oh, very, um, very oh, much oh, so. yes. what, um, what, what is his, what's his role, um, with everything, everything. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he is really all things in his organization. I mean, he definitely obviously had such a heart and passion to start this movement. Yeah. And I would say if he did anything right, it's really pulling in some really dedicated people from the start. We've had people with the organization the entire time growing our movement at a government level, at a development level, fundraising to really keep us going through the recession, through any, you know, the openings, um, 
brought in some really strong people who have great loyalty to this organization. And he's still heavily involved in every single decision that we made. Um, like I told you, we went from one program 27 years ago to eight formal programs. Yeah. He's He's been, he signs off on all of, obviously, the, the formal movement of making these approved programs. But everything... Um, even down to selecting our themes for our conferences and connecting with our staff. Every new hire that's hired for the organization has lunch with him to share their feedback and their needs. Um, he's heavily involved, and I think that it makes working here, I think that's why there is so much loyalty, um, because people recognize that somebody that started this and wanted to see it change lives is still so invested and also invested in you as someone that's a part of the movement and joining his movement and the mission so um he is still very heavily involved neat so you um share with us um now a little bit but kind of how you got involved with um with buddies with um with um, bus buddies like before you started working um for the organization were you involved with the organization and kind of share with us kind of um, that yeah. that how story? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How you found how bus buddies and then yeah. eventually worked your way up to where you are now the uh, um, director of uh, programs. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I started. I have a uh, background in education and working specifically um, in schools and drama departments, which was. Um, a huge part of my edu- my personal education, um, going to school for theater and education, getting my degree um, and my certificate to teach. And I was working in schools and uh, I loved teaching. I do love teaching. I think that every single day, every single one of us that works for this organization is still teaching. Um, but I was specifically in the drama department and that was the only for students in special education and their peers in general education to have a class together. So it was the first class where a lot of the students were seeing their peers with disabilities, were interacting with their peers that have disabilities. And I think more than anything, saw that people with disabilities can do everything that they could do, which was really fascinating to watch someone else discover that. I feel like maybe I've just always recognized that because I've been surrounded by people with disabilities. Um, but to see a student say, you know, at the age of whatever, 13, that, oh my gosh, I can't believe he memorized all his lines and he has a disability. <laughs> and do you think, well, yeah, I, why would you think that he wouldn't be able to do that? Yeah. But it sort of was this light bulb for me that there are so many people in the world who don't know that, who don't recognize that people with disabilities can do the exact same thing that anybody else can do. Um, and then one of my friends actually was um, in in a Best Buddies chapter in their yeah. college, and they they were explaining to me the Best Buddies program, and I was familiar with it, um, but didn't know much about what it did. And it just seemed like the right fit for me in moving. I was moving to a new state, and Best Buddies still got to work with schools, still got to work with students, but did kind of all the the fun parts of yeah. school, you know, like the hangout, yeah. the friendship, <laughs> the playtime, but none of like the reports and <laughs> parent-teacher meetings and any of that stuff. So um, so it was really a good fit for me. And, and like I said, I, w- I worked directly in the schools fostering the friendships in Long Beach County um, and Southern L.A. 
uh, to, to grow the opportunity for really specifically our middle school students um, mm-hmm. in that area to learn about the mission. Um, and I was a program manager for two years before I moved up to a deputy director of programs on this team and working our team, our program team is spread out all across the country. Um, and like I said before, really developing our training resources, any materials and anybody who joins our chapters that wants to either be trained as a staff member or as a volunteer, our team creates those resources and puts on these training events, um, for our students and our staff. So our team oversees the content development and goals um, and curriculum building. So obviously my education Mm -hmm. background has been a a great service to me in that Mm -hmm. aspect since, like I said before, every single day we're all teaching, you know, whether or not we're teaching new staff or we're teaching parents about what the organization does or we're teaching students why they should join. or um, And so I was a deputy director for six years and I've been – since grown into the director role and overseeing a team of people who now continue to develop those resources and make a real impact in our um, programs. I, as the programs team, I primarily focus on our school friendships, our promoters program, our citizens program, and our ambassadors program. Neat, neat. So um, now you you uh, mentioned um, just a little bit ago about the mission of us buddies, <laughs> but sh- share with us now a little bit about the different programs that um, um, us buddies um, offers uh, kind of in connection with the, the one-to-one friendships, the integrated employment, and the um, leadership uh, uh, development. In, 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 yeah, like is, is, yeah, so so it, those are like sorry. I, I talk too much. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Those are like our three pillars. Okay. We call them, um, you know, the friendship, jobs, and leadership. And the friendship program, um, like I said before, really matches this matches people with and without disabilities in um, in peer pairs. So yeah. you want to find someone that's you know your similar age and has your similar interests. And we offer that in middle schools, high schools, colleges, and then at the adult level. And really the goal of the friendship program is to foster that friendship, to provide opportunities for this pair to spend time together one-on-one. Our organization has done 27 years worth of research as to why the one-to-one is the most valuable aspect of what we do. Just um, the research alone that shows that how much people grow socially, how much they learn, how much they feel empowered and how much they trust when they are in a one-to-one friendship um, outweighs any sort of like group experience or group. Um, I know there are a lot of organizations out there that promote group opportunities for people with and without disabilities to spend time together. And that is extremely important, but the one-to-one is so different because it does provide that time for you to really get to know someone to really connect with them for them to know that and, and to feel connected to something. You're not, when you join best buddies in middle school, high school, college, as an adult volunteer, you're not joining a club, you're joining, you're committing to a person. And so I think that that really, um, is like the crux of our friendship program uh, for our jobs program, our supported employment. Um, we have almost um, what's the exact number. We have 678 people in our program that are employed um, across the nation in, you know, they on an average, um, you know, are able to, 
an incredible salary and work with their peers. And so much about, I think any of us that have a job recognize that a huge component of having a job is not only feeling like you are able to earn your own money, but also that you're contributing and, you know, to your society, you're paying taxes, you know, you're an active member of, of society and a, a needed and valued member of society when you have a job. Um, and the, what Best Buddy says is it provides integrated employment. And, and what that means is, you know, so many times people with disabilities, when we see them in jobs, they're bagging groceries or yeah. pushing carts or filing books or the jobs that people in the dis, in the Best Buddies organization holds that our teams are able to find uh, for them and support them in um, are, you know, in movie studios, working in ticket sales for um, major um, major MLB teams, you know, uh, are working for law firms, are working for, um, you know, Access Hollywood. There's such a great variety to the work that people are able to do in law firms, you know, just really being able to showcase the abilities of people with disabilities to earn a, a substantial wage yeah. and to make a real impact and, and to make friends, you know, part of working part of, I think the best part about having a job. And really, I think a lot of the times people stay at jobs is because they like the people they work with. And if they leave, it's because they don't like the people they work with. Yeah, um, you know, but an estimated 84% of adults with disabilities don't have a paid job in the community. And there's, you know, it's such a cost effective solution to address so many business needs to hire people with disability. It improves customer satisfaction results. You know, we did a huge study um, with a group two years ago, I4CP study that really just showcased that hiring people with disabilities makes sense not only for the disability community, but for employers. Yeah. Um, there's lower absenteeism and sick and sick leave and other employees. It promotes a more diverse and inclusive workplace. It enhances employability. And our organization is doing that in our jobs program. And then our leadership development pillar um, really focuses on advocacy. We have an ambassadors program, like I mentioned earlier, that trains people with and without disabilities and really primarily focusing on people with disabilities to self-advocate, to, have, yeah. to build the public speaking skills that they need to share their goals and abilities and ideas and experiences to make that a part of our cultural conversation and expectations that so many times when we see disability organizations, it's people saying, you should help people with disabilities because they need it and they can do it. But Best Buddies doesn't believe in that. You know, people with disabilities can speak for themselves. Yeah, <laughs> they have again. way more to say on the topic than anybody else does. And just giving them the platform and the skill set to be able to do that effectively to make those connections, to know how to network, to know how to address someone in a business meeting, to be able to make that Um connection to have the opportunity um, different groups to share those stories um, is something that Best Buddies really works to provide that opportunity for and training other individuals how to give that platform to people with disabilities. You know that so many times we as a disability rights movement do ourselves a disservice by speaking for people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't help anyone to showcase the abilities of someone if you're going to speak over them. So really providing people with disabilities a platform um, and the skill sets and people without disabilities knowing how to help 
advocate for your friend and really yeah. letting them do it themselves neat. too. Yeah, neat. Yeah, um, one of my uh, um, friends um, who also competes in, in special Olympics, um, he actually said, um, <laughs> uh, "Who better to um, advocate for people with disabilities than those with disabilities?" Um, <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, I think that 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 fits with what you um, just said about Whitty um, Foster and the um, leadership development. Yeah. yeah, and that's what he's. You know, we we really promote leadership development for not only self advocacy, but you know, we really expect all of our school cl- chapters to have um, officer teams. You know, like a president and a yeah. vice president, and we really expect that that team. We require that that team is made up of people with and without disabilities. Because again, you can't develop, you can't promote a club that fosters inclusion and promotes, you know, awareness for people with disabilities. That's led by students that don't have disabilities. Yeah. People with disabilities are fully capable of being in leadership roles and should be in leadership roles and really expecting that our officer corps is inclusive and does showcase that diverse skill set um, in, in having people with and without disabilities made up in all of our executive boards for all of our clubs is an expectation. Need, need. Uh, it sounds like that, that both on both on that and, and also when you talked about the one-to-one friendships, that it fits with with I'm playing I'm unified like what special mm-hmm. Olympics uh, I don't know if you're involved I mean if if, if you know mm-hmm. about um, unified sports yeah. and 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 playing unified but it kind of sounds sounds like that 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 fits with what Bless Buddies is doing with yes promoting inclusion and playing unified um to, uh, is there any ca- ca- connections with those involved with bus buddies with playing unified um mm-hmm. be, be it be it if they're playing uh if they're playing um unified sports and then and then w- when they're involved with bus, bus buddies does that that's kind of follow idea. through yeah that's definitely the idea i mean i think that best buddies and special olympics both want opportunities for people with disabilities to be as ex- extensive and diverse as any student in school you know that you have the opportunity to join a club you have the opportunity to be a leader you have the opportunity to be in show bar you have the opportunity to be on the sports team um best buddies and special olympics does have a long history because anthony shriver our ceo and founder is the son of eunice shriver who started special Special olympics Olympics, yeah so there's obviously that familial tie um and a great support um i think from both ends uh of the organ and respect of both organizations. Yeah. Um, and so really just, I, I would hope we, we like to in every single one of our states partner with the special Olympics office, um, and make sure that, you know, when we're participating in initiatives for the disability rights yeah. movement, like spread the word, oh, to end the word, word yeah. um, which is a campaign that works to eradicate the R word, yeah. um, which I'm sure you're familiar with, yeah. uh, is yeah. coming right up in a month on March 2nd. Um, you know, we really try to, partner with them on initiatives like that so that every student that's involved in best studies and special olympics is aware of that need and promoting that um partnership and you know we we try to make it so that students that are in unified sports are also in best studies and vice versa we just really want every opportunity available to students with disabilities on their campus yeah 
Absolutely. Uh, and then when you talk about the integrated employment, um, in um, a, a few months ago, um, I wrote a, wrote a column about um, um, work pl- um, uh, workplaces being more subtle um, for, uh, for 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 those of us with um, disabilities. And um, in the um, one part in the column that I, I think I, I think I shared it with um, with David in, in your office. So um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know if um, if you had a chance to. To um, read it, but one thing I I um, talked about in the column was about your um, I'm in Ohio campaign. Is that can, can you, you, you talk a little bit about, about that? Is is that connected with the uh, with the integrated employment yes. initiative yep. of um, Bus Buddies? Or did um, who kind of um, who started that? Did did Anthony come up with? The um, with the I'm in the Ohio campaign, or mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, like I said, when we did, I think it was two years ago now, did a um, study where we really worked with this company I4CP to collect information on people on the disabilities community and people that are in jobs and earning an hourly wage and working um, and an hourly pace and what those jobs are. You know, are they administrative supports? Are they food preparation? Uh, and really getting an idea of the need for the job. And so for people with disabilities to have employment in an integrated workforce. And so what we were able to discern from that report is, like I said before, 84% of adults don't have a job, um, but that people with disabilities contribute so much more to a workforce and want to have a job. You know, the numbers are, the numbers were staggering um, when they were, when they were finalized, just about how much of a need there was and how much of an impact and difference it made to an organization when someone with a disability was hired and on that workforce. And so that's what really spurred the I'm into hire um, campaign with the I4CP um, organization and really working to promote this awareness. Jobs is um, uh, Disability Employment Awareness Month. And so what we really used October to do is promote this idea that people with disabilities should be hired in the workforce. So there's so many supported programs out there that find willing and eager employers and match them with individuals who are best suited to um, fit the needs of that job responsibility and make a real true impact. Um, and like I said before, have the empowering experience mm-hmm. of earning a wage and give it to it. That's when I'm but every year we really try to use that campaign as an awareness opportunity to remind people that you can't hire someone with a disability. You can make the impact you want to see, that you know that there's a need, you want to make a difference, you want to, even if it's done out of an altruistic place of wanting to help people with disabilities, the return is tenfold once you realize how much of an impact and how much, um, uh, positivity comes out of hiring someone with a disability on your workforce and really your bottom line. So that's where I, I'm into hire was um, born. And, and like I said, we really try to promote that every October 
Disability Employment Awareness Month, um, just to remind people of, of the need uh, for inclusion in the workforce, just socially and um, and uh, professionally. So, do you guys work with other companies and 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 the businesses to to get um, those of us with disabilities? Employed, or um, how does that mm-hmm. um, pow, pow, um, work with with that program? That um, so we the way that that works is that um, we have uh, employment consultants, and their job in across the nation is to seek out. Uh, places of employment for people with disabilities to um, find a job. They work both with the employers and the employees. And then working, once they have an idea of going to these places of employment and talking to people about um, the benefits of hiring someone with a disability, and then they have their list of individuals that they um, have either received referrals for or met in the community that are interested and willing to hold um, a job, they will find a good match based on interests and skill sets and availability and um, all of, obviously, the professional aspects yeah. that go into finding the, the right meet with. Uh, there's still an interview process. It's not just, oh, we found this employer and you have a disability, so you get a job because it's a charity case. It's absolutely not the case. Um, people with disability, our employer employees, excuse me, go through an interview process. They obviously receive, receive coaching and support from our employment consultants, but they really do earn the job. Um, and we have people that are placed in animal services, automotive, government, oil, real estate, sports and entertainment. I mean, we have such a wide variety, like I said earlier, of um, job placements for our almost 700 individuals that are placed. And once that person with a disability is placed, once that employee gets the job, um, their employment consultant will visit them on their job site, Mm. answer any questions that they might have, work with their employer to make sure that that's where the communication is happening. That's where the re- support is being received, that they're acclimating, acclimating well to their job site. And they're really um, do disability awareness training with their um, uh, coworkers, too. Because, um, again, you know, so much of what we do is about inclusion and normalizing the abilities of people with disabilities. So we don't want it to be that, you know, oh, we just hired this person with a disability, things are going to change because it's not. You know, they, they got hired because they have the skills that they have the interest and they have the ability to hold this job. They're going to be held to the same standard and be accountable for the same expectations and just making sure that they're not treated differently because of their disability. And that's, that's where our employment consultants come in and just making sure that everything is sort of copacetic once the job is um, secured and then working with the employer and the co-workers to make sure that there's you know a sensitivity training and the disability awareness and just making sure that everything runs smoothly but really this individual earn the job on their own and they'll will be successful on the job on their own neat neat uh, our guest today on the special chronicles podcast show is katie Brighton, who's the director of programs at bus buddies international so <laughs> as i mentioned at the beginning of our segment um back one time ago when i was in high school i was involved with the bus buddies program at yeah. my um, high school. Um, can you share with us a little bit about the the different 
one-to-one friendship programs um, at, at um, high schools. And you said that there's also best buddies programs at uh, middle schools and elementary schools and on college campuses, right? That's right. So the way that that works is similar to to our um, jobs program where we have employment consultants that go in and kind of foster these matches, um, if you will. Uh, For our employees, we have uh, program managers. And that's what I started out as, as a program manager, going into schools, meeting with special educators about their students and seeing, like, who's interested and willing and has a need to develop a social opportunity. Um, We find a lot that people... Um, in these different students um, with disabilities often have different tracks, education tracks, might not have the same opportunity to connect with their peers because they have different teachers, they have different classes, they're not going to the gym at the same time, they're eating lunch at a different time. And Best Buddies recognizes that it's not because these students are unable to develop a friendship or love the same movies or want to go to the same stores or want to do the same things after school. It's just they don't have the opportunity to meet their peers and hang out with them. So what Best Buddies does is it provides that opportunity. It facilitates that match. So we match students in the special education program with their peers that are in general education and we make the students sign up for the club and everyone's a volunteer. Um, You know, it's not as students aren't signing up to serve someone with a disability or mentor someone with a disability. Students with disabilities sign up to volunteer their time to make a new friend and people without the students without disabilities sign up to volunteer their time and make a new friend. And um, we, so the program manager that works for Best Buddies will boss, will make that match based on common interests and surveys of the students to fill out interviews. It's, it's a complicated process because we want to make it a, a good friendship. And it's a little weird to say, Hey, person A and person B, you're match and you're going to be best friends because that's, not natural. (laughs) So what we do is we facilitate that friendship based on as many cues and tips and and talks as we can to make sure it is um, the best match. And then we facilitate as many opportunities as we can for that pair to spend time together in group activities, in outings, in chapter events, in field trips, um, so that the students have that opportunity to, to get to know each other and bond. We expect that the students communicate once a week on the phone, through text, yeah. email, however their schedule allows, and hang out at least twice a month um, so that they're really able to foster that friendship and get to know each other. And the idea is that through the course of the year, these students are provided enough time and already have enough of a background, um, a similar background, that they're going to foster a really mutually enriching friendship that is it grows into something really organic and natural because they do have so much in common. And that's how we operate at middle school. Like I said before, because leadership is our, our third pillar of this organization, we really expect that the student leaders, the, the little executive board that's yeah. comprised of people with them without disabilities are the ones that are planning these events, um, that are messaging, you know, the expectations of the students that are, if students aren't getting along or if people aren't meeting their commitment, we really put it on the students to help facilitate um, and troubleshoot those challenges so that it's a leadership opportunity and a, and a growth opportunity and, and um, a, an experience for all of the students involved. And that's how we operate our programs at the school level. And really similarly, 
at the adult level too, you know, finding individuals in the community that have disabilities, either being referred to through social service programs or group homes or the different connections that we have as an organization to other disability organizations, and then finding adult volunteers um, without disabilities in the community that want to have these same friendships. And it's the same way that we foster that friendship. We make sure that people have a similar background. Mm -hmm. We facilitate the friendship. We provide group experiences for people to get to know each other in a comfortable setting and then expect that they'll take the time um, to really get to know each other uh, one-on-one and foster something that can grow into a lifelong friendship. Neat, neat. Uh, I know with uh, the uh, with the learning disabilities um, or, um, LD that I have, I, I know that um, um, uh, uh, bus uh, buddies was really uh, beneficial for me when I came into high school, um, and then uh, and um, I was involved with it um, all full years of um, high school. Oh, so, 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 awesome. so, so that was really fun. Um and yeah, that's the goal. And, it and, be and fun. meet a little, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, 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 fun and 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 and, and you ready to get to ready um co- connect with with people that you may not uh, yeah. uh, otherwise um to be able to c- connect exactly. with exactly exactly so, the way that I see it is like when you think about who your best friend is you're like oh that's the person I sat next to in science class for a whole year. And it's only because I sat next to them in science and we both hated science that, you know, we forged this friendship. And then we were able, because we were forced to spend time together every single day or every other day, we we really got to know each other and grow that friendship. And and that's so true. Like, so many people can do that. They just don't have the opportunity to next to them. And so Best Buddies is kind of conduit, I think to provide that experience to to people that just because you're not sitting next to them in science doesn't mean that you're not going to forge a friendship over you know your shakes and can really get along and best buddies is that opportunity for you as a result yeah neat neat so you share this kind of speaking on on the um, benefits of Speaking of the benefits uh, 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 that Bus Buddies has on people, um, be it if they're involved with it in the school or the community, uh, or or uh, on, on the or, or on the college campus, wherever they're involved mm-hmm. with Bus Buddies, share with us some of the um, benefits that both both people with disabilities and people without mm-hmm. um, kind of mm-hmm. both. Um, both pouts uh, of the one-to-one friendships um, mm-hmm. have when, when, when they're involved yeah. with best buddies. Well, I mean, I think that you mean a friend, which is yeah. <laughs> the best benefit I, I like to think. Um, but it's really the opportunity to the benefits, I think, to both the individual and the community for people without with and without disabilities is um, I think a lot of times people sign up for Best Buddies because they think they're going to give back or they want to volunteer experience. Or people even say to me, like, oh, that's so nice of you to work for something like Best Buddies. And it's really, it's not about, it's not like that at all because the individuals that I've met through my work with Best Buddies, the friends that I have made are so much more enriching to my life. I think that if you ask anybody that was in this program, 
or had any experience with it, they would realize that the benefits to them in learning um, about someone with differing abilities, learning about different lifestyles, just, you know, learning even about the the cultural community of the disabilities community um, is so enriching and so interesting. And I think it's, um, can that can be said, you know, for for anyone that's involved, that people always get more out of it than they ever expect to. And really providing that empowerment um, and leadership opportunity for people with disabilities to to feel like they're giving back too. Because so many times people with disabilities aren't asked to serve. It's often like we serve people with disabilities um, because they can't be of service to themselves or others, which is such a false uh I don't even know, myth, you know, it's just, it's so mind bogglingly wrong. Um, So Best Buddies really does expect that people with disabilities do serve. They do give back. You know, there's a community service expectation for all parties involved in Best Buddies. When you join Best Buddies as someone with a disability, you're committing to a volunteer experience. You've got to call your buddy once a week. You've got to meet with them twice a month. People, you, you might have a really busy schedule, and no transportation, but you've got to figure it out because you've yeah. signed on to commit and to volunteer and to give back. Um, and so there's this awareness, I think, uh, that people with and without disabilities can both be of service and to give back and really um, promotes an awareness of how much people with and without disabilities have in common. And just for whatever reason, we as a society hasn't, haven't taken the time to really explore that at all. Um, and I think that that's, you know, just building this community of awareness, acceptance, and tolerance, um, and showcasing the abilities of people with IDD, and really um, having people who, again, might think that they're being altruistic, they're really just getting so much more out of it, um, and learning so much more about themselves and about an entirely um, new community, which is just, you know, I think opens up so many more doors and so much... Um, I've just seen so many lives change. Yeah, absolutely. By the organization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm um, speaking on that. Um, it's those uh, so many people that are involved with Best Buddies across the country and even across the um, globe. Um, why, though, for yourself, or, or maybe kind of more speaking to other people, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure that that, that, that you that you um, um, feedback from people involved with Best Buddies, be it either at, at, at your conferences or yeah. other events that you may go um, out to. Um, why do you think so many people are involved with the movement and organization of um, Best Buddies? Yeah, I think that. Um like I said before, um, it is such an eye-opening and life-changing experience for people to join the Best Buddies movement and, and to, you know, really see that service for everyone involved. But um, I think that also, you know, our hope is to, I mean, our, our vision as an organization yeah. is to not exist anymore. <laughs> our, you know, that's like our yeah. end goal. Our end goal is to not live in a world where we need to tell people to open up their social opportunity to people with disabilities. You know, Um, we want to live in a world where when you see someone with a disability and without a disability out to dinner together, you don't think, Oh, that's so nice. I wonder if that's their caregiver or I wonder if they get paid to do that, or that must be her sister. You know, there's always this um, weird 
acknowledgement of people when they spend time together in public with and without a disability that there's a service being provided. And we as an organization are really working to just normalize friendships, normalize employment, normalize uh, leadership opportunities for people with disabilities so that when you see someone with and without a disability eating lunch together, you're not thinking, I wonder what their relationship is. You just don't think about them at all because there's just two other people in this huge crowded restaurant. And why is it at all catch your eye that these two ladies are having lunch together? You know, so so we as an organization feel like we're making our goal is to attract individuals to a, to a movement that just want to normalize, you know, the expectation that people with disabilities have the same interest in movies and books and have the same sense of humor and, you know, love cats as much as I do, you know, like all of those things Mm -hmm. that, you know, you want to build in a friend um, or you want to build in a coworker or you want to build, um, you know, alongside someone in, in developing a new program or rolling out a new initiative because they're on your leadership team and someone that has that same energy enthusiasm as you do. And there's an entire community of people who are marginalized and siloed because our society doesn't think that they're capable of contributing. And that's ludicrous. And, and our organization is just working to not even say that people with disabilities you know, are better at it or different at it, but it's acceptable. It's the same. And so just providing that opportunity. And if anything, we want people to join because it's fun, (laughs) you know, at the end of the day, it's a movement and it's inspirational and it's motivational. All those things are true. But at the end of the day, this is a lot of fun. You know, like I get my job is to make friends. That's literally my job. (laughs) So it's awesome. You know, Neat. Neat. it's a lot of fun. Neat. You, you said that um, one of the things is that you, that Best Buddies hope, hope that in, in the future it will not yeah. um, exist. Um, what, do you think um, in the, either in the near future or, or in the, um, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, do you think that all communities might get to a, a point where will 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 it will just be normal to be friends and and to be um around uh um, those of us with yeah. disabilities do, do you think it's something yeah you know i i don't know i hope <laughs> so yeah. obviously that's like my main goal yeah but then you think like you know it takes so much for our society to even consider someone not white or not a man to be in any sort of position of power that, you know, there's so many different religions and cultures and races and genders and disabilities is a part of that, you know, culture really does deserve a place at the table and a seat at the table. And there's so many other, I think different marginalized groups working to get to a place of recognition and leadership that 
as much as I want to believe that 100% in 25 years, I won't have a job. Um, I think a lot of work has to be done. And like I said before, the most mind boggling thing to me is that people with disabilities make up the largest group of marginalized individuals in this country. You know, there are just so many people with different abilities in this country that still, and our society still feels like people without disabilities are the ones that need to be speaking for them and finding them jobs and making them friends and like allowing them to, you know, um, score points at a basketball game. Like, you know, like it's not, it shouldn't be about that. If you want to score a basketball, like a score point on this basketball court, then you need to get past the defensive line and make that happen. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we as a society first needs to recognize that we're not doing anyone a service by making allowances for people with disabilities. And because of that, we need to open up our doors in leadership roles, in politics, in, um, you know, places of recognition like newscasters and, you know, places where people with disabilities can get recognized, not because they have a disability, but because they have a strong skill set to succeed in that role. Mm. And until we get to that point, you know, I don't think that we as a society are ready to really normalize, you know, friendships and education and um, employment for people with disabilities. But I think we can get there. I think that, you know, what you do, Daniel, in sharing the abilities of people um, and giving a voice to those that might not have the opportunity to speak for themselves or speak for their organization, you know, is a start. And that's what we just need mm-hmm. to continue doing, I feel. You know, we just need to continue. Um, you know, I hope that your podcast doesn't need to exist in yeah. 25 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? I always, You know that it's just like a podcast about interesting people, period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that's the place that we... Or want to get as as a society where there isn't this need to like make excuses or um, you know say we're hiring someone with a disability because it's the right thing to do. It's like we're hiring John because he's the best person for this job. Period. Mm. I don't care about anything yeah. <laughs> with his IQ or his IEP that he had in high school or any of that stuff. John interviewed well. John is a good cultural fit for us. Yeah. John gets the job. Um, not like I get a tax break for this or whatever. So I, you know what I mean? So I, I feel like we're getting there. I think we definitely made some great strides, but it's, it's still an uphill battle. And I, I just feel like maybe even people don't realize that either. You know what I yeah, mean? Absolutely. When you're thinking about like social equality, this is a huge fight that's still being fought. And I think until we allow an equal platform even for people with disabilities to be in a leadership role and making the legislation and making the comments and, and, and advocating for themselves, um, you know, that it's, it's going to be an even longer battle. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as you know, and as, uh, and as I know, and as many people know, the benefits that uh, uh, bus buddies, uh, has, uh, in, in our schools and our communities, um, across campuses, um, why and how do you see this? Th- that the work of um, Bus Buddy, you see the movement and, and organization, is important uh, to to be able to 
continue doing this work and to continue to um, be be around. Yeah, I think that um, kind of like what I just said, you know, we don't want to exist forever. So we need people to join this movement. We need people to, um, to normalize friendships between their peers with disabilities and sit with them at lunch so that people who might not have any experience with someone with a disability can, can look at their cafeteria in high school and see people with and without disabilities eating lunch together. They can see them, you know, playing sports together after school. They can see them going, acting in the school play together. Um, that by joining this movement now and normalizing the social culture of inclusion for people with disabilities in middle school, in high school, in elementary school, middle school, and high school, by the time you graduate and you are getting a job or you're hiring people for a job, you know, your candidate pool is going to be comprised of people with and without disabilities. And you're not going to see that as a service or as an altruistic thing that you're doing as an organization. You're going to see it as like-minded, capable individuals who are able to contribute to the job at hand. Um, And I think that the sooner people join this movement and the sooner that they start to normalize that social aspect and that leadership expectation and that service expectation from people with disabilities, the the ripple effect will go up the chain. You know what I mean? We'll start Mm -hmm. seeing people in places, uh, you know, earning a wage and then we'll start seeing them in places where they're they're the ones that are doing the hiring. They're the ones that are holding their staff accountable. They're the ones that are, you know, not that they're running for office, um, you know, and being a, a community leader. And so um, I think that by just by joining this organization, like I said, if anything, just normalizing between with people with and without disabilities how impact you didn't have a friend, you know, or if it didn't have that person to rely on or how much, you know, if you, you know, are in need of a friend and what kind of a difference that can make. Stay tuned to next week for part two of our conversation with Katie Bryden, the director of programs at Bus Buddies International, where we'll talk about the Bus Buddies Challenge, Bus Buddies Friendship Walks, and much more about the Bus Buddies Mission. So I'll come up next week for part two of a conversation. I'd like to, I'd like to show you your feedback of, uh, of, of what Katie shared about, about Bus Buddies International. You can go on to specialchronicles.com slash voicemail. That's specialchronicles.com slash voicemail. And leave your voicemail audio feedback there. Or you can always email us at uh, feedback at specialchronicles.com. That's feedback at specialchronicles.com. Or you can join in the conversation on our Facebook page. Just look up Special Chronicles on Facebook. You can like us and leave your feedback there. Or you can tweet us on Twitter at uh, Special C Podcast. That's at Special C Podcast on Twitter or on Instagram. And we love and thank all of you guys for joining the conversation on social media. And we look forward to hearing your feedback. We're going to end with a song called Be the One. Uh, uh, by uh, our friends Amy and Ben White. You can go, you can go f- find their blog at itstartswiththevoice.com and follow their Facebook page, which is uh, Down Syndrome the White Way. That's uh, W R I G H T 
the white way down syndrome the white way is a facebook page you can go follow them and check out their music video for be the one which um is uh, supportive of the best buddies uh, mission so i hope you guys will step off the sidelines and be the one uh, who makes a difference in someone's life and that note we will see you next week for part two of our, com- of our conversation on uh, bus buddies so until next week take care and god bless we'll see you around This dance Don't you know That in this world We all deserve a chance Swim into the deep end All your fears will come undone Step off of the sidelines Make a choice to be Giving respect and a voice to people with special needs.